Others say it. We prove it. We are controlling transmission. WLTK DB. Let's talk. Alternative Talk Radio. WLTKDB.com. Well, they seek answers to the questions that have crossed all of our minds. What happens to us when we die? Is there an afterlife? I'm a regular guy who discovered the gift of psychic mediumship in my 30s. My passion for history and the unknown have put me right here, right now. My mantra for anything paranormal is, we don't know much and anything is possible. Join me as we find our way through the stories, evidence, and experiences of the paranormal and beyond in search of answers, even if that leads to more questions. Are you with me? Welcome, everybody, to the Paranormal Pete Show. I'm your host, Pete Orbea, and we're on episode 15, I believe. It's getting to be the end of March. So that tells me it's Oregon Ghost Conference time. And we've got a great show on Let's Talk Radio here tonight, WLTKDB.com. We're also streaming live to the Facebook page. Uh, just type in Let's Talk Radio on Facebook and you'll find the page. So we're streaming there. And But tonight we've got a great show for you. Uh, I've got a someone who I can commiserate with. Uh, with putting on ghost conferences and uh, gotten to know him over the years. Great guy. Please welcome conference director for the Oregon Ghost Conference, Mr. Rocky Smith. How you doing? Good, Pete. How are you? Good, man. It's another yeah. another Tuesday. <laughs> so, so you can relate to, you know, some of the things that I've been going through or go through, you know, and trying to plan an event, you know, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're glad to have you here. Uh, and we're, it's a special, uh, yeah, it's a special episode uh, during Ghost Week for the Oregon Ghost Conference. And if you're not familiar with the Oregon Ghost Conference, it takes place in Seaside, Oregon. And it's typically like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday event. But Rocky has been rolling with the punches with COVID and, you know, waiting to see restrictions and everything, but has put together a really cool virtual conference uh, that you can attend from the comfort of your own home, safety of your own home this year. And, you know, it's great that you've got a full week of events going on instead of uh, packing it all into the weekend. So kind of, Tell us a little bit about Ghost Week and kind of how you got there. Well, basically, um, you know, we had to cancel the 2020 Ghost Conference like a couple weeks prior to the event. Um, and we never dreamed that we would have to cancel a second one in uh, 2021. Um, so we kind of held back on the planning efforts for, you know, it takes a year to plan an event. Um, but when you're trying to plan an event, where you don't know any of the details or any of the guidelines or any of the rules that you're going to have to create an event under, um, it's almost impossible to create an event. And so I waited almost until, you know, January to try to start planning an event and people are like, are you going to have one? And, and how do you answer that? Um, 
because you don't know what the guidelines are going to be until you get there and you can't plan an event two or three weeks out and expect people to show up in a city with, you know, hotels and um, things like that. So, exactly. um, so basically what I thought was, you know, we're just going to have to make a decision. And, and, you know, I saw that there were events already scheduled for the summer that were being canceled later than ours. And I said, you know, I think we need to cancel it in terms of in-person. Um, I was able to make sure that we could do some tours this weekend so that people that did still want to come out to Seaside could at least partake in a ghost tour and do it safely. Yeah. Um, but then I thought, well, you know, if we're going to do this all virtual, um, I really had to plan it in just a few weeks. And then it was like, how am I going to do that? And so <laughs> I kind of thought, well, if people plan their own classes and I just kind of help promote it and, 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 and kind of packages it at one event, then I wasn't going to have to do all the work and we could still have an event. And, um, you know, then we could kind of help people, you know, do their classes and try to have a couple meet and greets or some free events that people could join in on just to have fun, uh, to keep the event alive and to, to tell them that we're still here and that we're, you know, planning to come back full at some point in the future. Um, but I didn't dream that our virtual ghosts conference would end up having so many different things going on. So it actually is pretty <laughs> action packed. And then I thought, are people really going to sit on their, you know, we've been sitting on our computers. I work at home still. I'm a teacher. Um, and, um, you know, all my city meetings are at, uh, at home. Um, and so, you know, with so many people working from home, I was thinking, you know, are people going to sit on their computer all weekend um, and do classes? And I thought, well, it's spring break. Most people are off and all of us are sick of, you know, kind of being stuck. But at least we could maybe spread some of these fun events throughout the whole week. Um, and maybe that would give people more opportunity to participate. And um, I think it's working. We had some cool events. We had a cool event on Sunday night um, where we got to see people we haven't saw in a long time. And um, so I think that that was kind of the idea. It was, it was a way to kind of spread out things so that people could have time to, you know, take a break and do what they wanted. Yeah, I think you've put together a pretty nice array of mix of classes and free Zoom events. There's a lot of free Zoom events yeah. for this uh, to all the listeners out there. And I'll mention also, if you have any questions for Rocky or myself, uh, if you go to WLTKDB.com, that's the station website, and jump on the chat there. And if you have a question, put it on there. And we're also live streaming to the Let's Talk Radio Facebook page, and I'm monitoring that. So if anybody's got any comments, put it on there. Questions for Rocky, you know, uh, if you're trying to figure out what's, what the, what's fun to do, um, we can let you know. So definitely say hello where you're, where you're uh, watching from, and uh, we'll be sure to answer you on there. So, yeah, you put together a really cool week. Um, I saw that you've got, you know, I want to ask, how did the Monday movie madness go? (laughs) Well, so, you know, honestly, I'll tell you, it it didn't go as we planned. Um, but, um, that's, (laughs) that's kind of the way things go. Um, yeah. when, 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 so I'm, I'm laughing because literally a few weeks ago, we're like, what are we going to do? 
And I said, well, Ghost Week. And people are like, what is Ghost Week? And I'm like, I don't know. But it's a week-long <laughs> event of things. And we're just going to, you know. And so we're like, okay, we're going to find a night, and we're going to make sure we have something going every night. And then it's like, well, we have a couple nights that we don't have anything. And so on Sunday, I was like, you know what? We're going to do share and scare. And, and everyone's going to get together, and we're just going to have a Zoom meeting, and we're going to tell stories, and we're going to have fun. And it worked fine. And I came up with this idea. videos and we're going to play them seems like a simple concept right um but you know right. if you use zoom sometimes there's bugs sometimes you know maybe so we tried to figure out a different venue to try to get people all to watch movies together and we found one but it didn't exactly work the way we wanted it to and it was limited to how many people and so we had some issues, but there were small groups that turned out for both of the events on Monday night. Both of the groups had a lot of fun. We watched some cool movies that people sent in. And the reason I, I did it was because we've kind of had, and you know this, we've, we, we um, featured the all around us movie um, yeah. in Seaside. We kind of premiered that at the ghost conference. And um, we have a lot of film projects that happen within this paranormal community. Um, the permanence, which is coming in the future um, from uh, the Wheeler hotel. Um, and so this concept has been kind of in my mind for a while where I want to see eventually in the next year or two us host some sort of paranormal film festival as part of the conference. And so um what we did um, Monday night was not exactly that, but it was, it was, you know, some small steps towards maybe some kind of a, a film yeah. type event in the future. So I hope that happens because I can see people sending in their, you know, paranormal videos from all over to, for us to check them out. I, I think that's an, an awesome idea. And you're right. There is a lot of um, film projects going on out there and, and, the way you guys, uh, you know, premiere the all around us documentary, that was such a fun event, uh, at the theater and the red carpet and, and everything. It was such a blast. And so I hope you can continue building on that because I think that's a great avenue and venue for that. Well, and how lucky could we be that we moved our event to seaside? The theater had been closed for 30 years. Yeah. And, you know, all of a sudden was re, you know, opened, um, renovated, um, opened and just, you know, the time that we had this opportunity to do this uh, premiere and we're like, we have to do it in Seaside and we have to do it at the new theater at the Times Theater. Yeah. Um, and it's the old theater that they reopened and, and um, wow, we, we partnered with them on that event and there's an interest there at the times theater, I think to do events in the future. So I I'm hoping, I hope that it's yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really cool venue. Um, I like that you could, you know, sit up at kind of the bar area at regular right. tables and watch the film. Um, such a cool, cool venue for that. Yeah. I, that's awesome. I, I applaud you for, moving in that direction because there's got to be an avenue, another avenue for these uh, filmmakers to, you know, get their work out there and for people to check out. And so right. if you can provide that, that's, that's just a neat, neat service to the paranormal community. And there's a lot of great films going on. So, you know, it's a good chance to 
advance the field of the paranormal in a, in a positive way. So that's, that's awesome. Um, I also see that you've got, um, you know, there's, there's a couple of panel events, um, free by the way, um, (laughs) which I think is great. How cool is that? You know, we're all, we're all stuck at home. You got your week planned out for you. Uh, I saw that there's a gallery reading with Joshua John and there's virtual tarot readings all week. Um, I'm excited for the pinning the paranormal, uh, panel. Tell us a little bit about that. There was another kind of brainstorm um, and actually we were like trying to come up with different things to do. And, um, you know, sometimes when you do panels, you know, you want to try to change it up a little bit. And um, Jeff Davis, who is a good friend of all of ours, um, an author in, in Washington, uh, Vancouver, um, he has done so many different books about the paranormal and haunted places. Um, and Jeff um, is part of our co- committee to plan the ghost conference. And so he kind of took on this idea of doing an author reading. And so um, we came up with a name and we, we sent Jeff off and Jeff um, contacted some people and a lot of amazing people. Um, and I, I, I think actually sometimes when we are so busy planning in-person events, we forget the ability to be able to do things like this. And so I think, you know, sometimes things happen for a reason and it has you reassess things. Um, because uh, Lloyd Arbuck is going to be part of this Zoom meeting, you know, this Zoom author panel, and um, Ross Allison from Seattle. Um, we have just some amazing people. Um, Nicole Strickland, um, who you know very well, and yep. Jeff Bellinger. Um, Philip Hutchinson from the UK is going to tune in. He does the Jack the Ripper tours, and um, another author, um, who uh joanne austin who um did the weird uh ghost book um this whole series of weird books but um i'm 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 really excited about it because it is um that's a free event and you're gonna be able to ask questions to some pretty well-known people that yeah (laughs) wouldn't not would not normally you know maybe have the opportunity to come out to the ghost conference so i think it's gonna be cool I think it's good. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. How many, I wonder how many decades of experience with the paranormal that panel has. That I don't know. <laughs> a lot. We got to maybe be in the century here. A lot here. more than us two. A lot more than us two. That's for sure. <laughs> that's true. Well, that's a, that's a, a, a Zoom, free Zoom event coming up yeah. and it's on Friday. So, uh, and it's, it's hosted by Jeff Davis yeah. as well. So. Yeah. You know, don't miss that. I say you've got meet uh, medium Sarah Lamos from Ghost of Morgan City, um, and yeah, so I'm excited th- about that too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's another free event. Um, yeah. You know, everybody's got their weekend plans and week plans laid out here, and I think you've done a, a great job with that. So it's it's really cool to see how it's come together. I mean, when I plan mine. I was kind of in the same mode you were like holding off planning because, you know, it was like, what's going to happen. And then it was pretty clear, um, you know, during the summertime, yeah, that's not going to happen. So switching to a virtual format um, was, was interesting. And there's, there's some challenges and uh, in different ways than doing in person. And I, I will say one nice thing about doing a virtual conference is I found that I wasn't so exhausted. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm still exhausted, but I'm not like 
you know, like what what is it? It's um, um, a couple days before what normally would be the conference. So I would be, you know, still um, getting things ready for like the guidebooks and printing and I, I you know, making signs and, and, you know, yeah, I, I would be up every night, all, all night until, you know, the actual <laughs> day. So I, I feel like I'm going to be able to sleep tonight. And um, yeah. And, you know, actually, I decided to come to the beach anyway. I'm at the, I'm in Seaside. You can see um, actually uh, the convention center behind me and uh, where we would normally be having the conference. Um, but I'm going to do tours on Friday, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And there are some people that decided to come to the, to the coast anyway. But um, yeah, and it was beautiful, beautiful today. But yeah, and the, and the tours that run uh, Thursday through Saturday, I mean, they're outdoors, too, so that just helps right. with, with safety. We're gonna, so yeah, We're going to keep, you know, we've kept the group small. Um, everyone's going to be required to wear masks and keep people apart. We'll have um, microphones to speak from so that people can hear us and things like that. But it, it will be pretty, um, you know, we'll be following the guidelines that we need to follow and make that happen. So Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, this whole last year, um, you know, so you have a tours business um, yeah. and, you know, and I have a tours business. <laughs> Are we like wonder twins or something uh, you know, somehow? Like I don't know. Scare. Right. Um, <laughs> the, the share and scare on, on Sunday night, Ross Allison was talking about the same thing. And, you know, they lost their storefront in Seattle. Um, I've yes. I have a storefront in Oregon City that has been closed uh, over a year, you know, now or about a year now, and and I'm still paying rent every month. And so, um, yeah, I know. And and so your tours haven't been happening either, I assume. Um, or have you started back a little bit? Well, I've been kind of going with whatever the guidelines are. Right. Um, you know, the fall ones was pretty much, you know, couldn't really do much there. It was, you know. I could take five or less people. Um, and so, you know, fall didn't really happen, but I've done a little bit more and more and I've kept the groups um, 10 or under uh, just following the regulations. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to being able to have regular size groups and stuff again, but I will say it has been um, kind of nice to have small groups and be able to, you know, really speak to everybody. Right. right. Um, and with, you know, staying within the guidelines and uh, at everybody on my tours, ha um, as we've started, you know, doing more um, has been great. So, you know, I haven't found any any problems or had issues with anybody. So it's it's been pretty cool. And I really I have one more next month um, and then uh, my season's done until uh, end of end of September. So. But, you know, did you, were you able to do any tours last year? You know, um, I, I didn't um, at first, you know, from March until, you know, all the way through the summer, I didn't. And um, I, I didn't want to, I, if I was going to do tours, I would have, you know, open my storefront and ha I just didn't want to deal with it. I, I, I just thought the, the, the issues of dealing with all of the details was, was too much to, to, mm -hmm. to deal with the hassle. So I didn't do it. Um, and then um, Halloween um, on Halloween day um, and a couple weekends of Halloween, we did do some smaller tours. And so I was able to do that small, we did some small groups and that was great, um, but I haven't done any sense. So the seaside tours this weekend will be the first. And then hopefully, you know, uh, in a month or so, I'll, I'll try to start tours back up in Oregon City. 
Yeah. Well, we're going to take our first station break here. And when we come back with Oregon Conference Director Rocky Smith, we're going to talk a little bit more about tours and uh, and Seaside and also Oregon City. And uh, so we're going to talk about your hometown there. All right. Um, and uh, so we'll be back in just a little bit. It's the Paranormal Pete Show. I'm your host, Peter Bay with Rocky Smith. And we'll be back on Let's Talk Radio in just a minute. See you on the other side. WLTK DB Let's talk Hurry hurry Step right up Come Marvel at tales of weird history That prove fiction Has nothing on reality Thrill at stories of strange science From the utterly mind-bending To the horribly misguided Chill from true tales of the unexplained Paranormal and supernatural. All this plus comedy, romance, and variety. It's colossal. It's stupendous. It's your new favorite podcast, a delicious, mysterious tincture called Odd Tonic. Join us in the parlor each week, dear guest, for a cup of tea and a bizarre, enthralling tale to delight the mind and stir the senses. Odd Tonic. An exquisite elixir for those who love the odd? Or a tantalizing treat for those who are the odd? Yes. Odd Tonic is available on your favorite podcast app, YouTube, and at oddtonicsociety.com. Ever wanted to host your own radio show? If your answer is yes, then the time to act is now. WLTK-DB Let's Talk is now accepting new programming more affordable than ever. You create the show idea and we'll take care of the rest. Not only do we create your program intro and provide broadcast training, but also syndicate you to popular outlets like Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and more. You get all of this starting at 100 bucks per month. Three packages to choose from and built to make your wallet happy. Contact us at WLTKDB.com with your show idea and let's bring your dream to life. All topics accepted and you have full rights to your program. Contact us today and reserve your spot on WLTKDB Let's Talk. What are you waiting for? Let's do this. Well, they say- Welcome back, everybody, to the Paranormal Pete Show. We're 22 past the hour. My show is always on Tuesday nights, um, 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Pacific time. So if you're listening on the East Coast, thank you for staying up. Um, or even Central time, thanks for staying up with us. Um, we got a special guest, Oregon Ghost Conference Director Rocky Smith with, with us tonight. Welcome back, Rocky. Thank you. Yeah, so before we went to break, and, and we're going to talk about a lot of different a lot of different stuff tonight, but before we went to break, we were kind of talking about tours and not being able to do them and trying to get them started again. And um, so, but I also want to mention, uh, we, I never said the Oregon Ghost Conference website. If you're interested in the Oregon Ghost Conference, go to OregonGhostConference.com or go on Facebook and search Oregon Ghost Conference, and they've got all kinds of posts about the conference. You can check it out. Um, and that's uh, it's the directory for everything. So check out the schedule. 
Um, like Rocky was saying, it's, it really is an action packed week with a lot of free options. So, uh, I think that's great in this time. Um, you know, people need, you know, they're running tight, you know? Um, so that's great to have so many free options. Um, but you were saying before we went to break, you know, you're kind of looking forward to, you know, maybe in a month or two that you get the tours going again. And, um, what's that, what do you think that'll look like for you? Well, I think this weekend will be kind of a test run. Um, you know, we'll do, you know, I, I, I don't like, you know, you do tours, so maybe, I don't know if you agree with me on this, but I, um, you're very connected to the history of the place. Um, I'm very connected to the history of the place that I do tours. Um, and I've always struggled with this idea of, you know, walking around with a big loudspeaker and, you know, um you know, just because I don't, I don't feel it's um, respectful to the history. I don't feel that it fits what I'm trying to convey in terms of the history of the place. And, and so I've really struggled with that. And, and um, you know, normally I just use my voice. I'm a teacher. And you're, you know, in the element your people are coming by and okay how do you do that um so sure. i you know did a test in october and we did use breaking up yeah you're you're breaking up a little bit there um so you did you did a test um like we love the hotel, uh, hotel wi-fi right <laughs> um so you were you were saying that you were saying that You're in October. Up, but... Whoa! <laughs> okay, am I back now? Okay, so okay, so I see I see you moving a little bit there. Um, so you said in October you were able to do <laughs> a little test, and was that with a loudspeaker or what? Can you say that part again? Yeah, so I did wear um, a mask on the tours, and I did wear a, a microphone and, and did that, um, and it worked okay, and I'll probably do it for, I'm doing it definitely for the side tours. Um, yeah. I, I just don't usually like to do that. Um, so, yeah. Um, that's probably what it'll look like. Yeah, I mean, I, I can relate to you on that. I, I wouldn't, uh, I don't use uh, microphone on my tours and stuff. And it's great just to have a conversation about this because I think people, uh, you know, they attend tours all over the place and don't really know the tour guide side of things uh, and, and how that, you know, works and how this whole last year, right. um, you know, we were all affected. And plus I, I had used brown paper tickets and still haven't got paid. Um for tours that happened before COVID struck. So uh, that's been fun. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we're uh, now you guys are on like a, are you guys like on the similar phase system as Washington state as far as reopening? 
it seems that some days were similar and some days were completely different. Um, yeah, so we've kind of gone back and forth. And then, of course, where I'm at in Seaside is different than where I'm at in Oregon City. But um, so, yeah, it's been shifting. That's I think that's why it's been so difficult to plan anything, because one week will be completely you know, shut down and one week will be open. Um, right. And we don't know if we're going back. So you kind of have to just wait and see. Yeah, exactly. And here in uh, Port Gamble with uh, the weddings business, it's been, you know, just as difficult in the sense of some things are allowed and then, whoop, nope, now they're not. Nope, they are again. Nope, they're not. And, <laughs> you know, how can you plan anything really? But, well, I, I really hope you can get it get back out there and, and hopefully get your, your store open again, you know, this summer. And so I wish you the best on that. And hopefully we all keep going in the right direction. Yeah, I think people are ready for it. You know, um, as, as the weather starts getting nicer and we like, Oh, well, you know, we can't go to the movies and we can't go to the fair and we can't go to the concerts and we can't go, to the things that we're wanting to so badly go to summer, um, you know, and so maybe just walking around outdoors is what we're going to have. And if that's the case, then maybe it's going to be enough for us to get our tours back going. So hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. And so check out nwghosttours.com for Rocky's um, uh, ghost walk tour business there in Oregon city. So that's nwghosttours.com. And uh, thanks to who shared that on the Facebook feed there. Um, so yeah, I, I hope we can we can all get going back on this, and it's a lot of fun. And it's kind of funny how whenever whoever is the historical historically tied to a place, they you know for some reason you just love the history, and you're you find those people becoming tour guides. Is that kind of how it just felt to you that? You know, you just love the history so much that why not tell people about it? Right. I, I think, and me and Nicole talked about this a little bit, but, you know, everyone that gets into the paranormal gets into it for some reason. There's a lot of people that are just really into the, you know, going to a haunted place and want to see something scary happen. And, you know, I'm, I guess I'm, you know, interested in that side a little bit, but to me that, means nothing unless I know who that person is or who that spirit is and, and the history. Um, and I really feel like it's not my job to define what a ghost is or what a spirit is, or even what any of this paranormal is it's not really my job to determine it. It's my job to, you know, if there are spirits or if there are ghosts of people that lived in the past, um, it's to tell their story uh, and, 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 and uh, having a love for history, the, the ability to continue that history and tell their story, because if we stop telling the stories, they're gone. And it's one of the reasons that, um, you know, I think so many of us that are interested in history are also into saving these buildings. You have, you know, the house behind you that you care so much about. Um, you know, these buildings, some people just look at them as buildings. Um, but to people like us that are really connected to it, those buildings are so much more than buildings. Those buildings are, you know, an integral part of the history of the particular town or the street 
or the people that live there. Um, and if those buildings fall apart and collapse and are gone, the entire history of that place is gone and the entire history of those people are gone. And um, I think it's part of our obligation um, to save it and, and to keep that moving forward. I, I, and I know you feel the same way because you do the same kinds of things. So um, I, I think that that's really the, the tie that keeps me um, so interested in the paranormal is this idea that there's this thing that we can't explain but somehow it connects us, connects so specifically to something we know very well, the history, and we know very well these facts. And, and, and how those are tied together is so fascinating. Um, it kind of starts making you think that this thing we know nothing about of the paranormal world, ha there has to be something to it. There has to be something to it. It's not a coincidental thing that these things are happening and they're connected to the past. Um, um, and I think that's just enough to keep constantly wanting to find new stories. I, yeah, I 100% agree. And the historical aspect of things, if anything, if you're interested in the paranormal, it's, it's like the best place to start because you can start from, from facts or, you know, things that you can research and reference and you can almost just build off of that. So I, I 100% agree if you're, it, you know, you want to keep telling the story because if everyone really stopped and thought about it, our, our egos would come into play. Wouldn't you want somebody to tell your story, you know, when you're gone? And, you know, so... Yeah. But you know, it's almost kind of like, well, you know, wouldn't you want your story told? And, and that's why it is important to share the history and especially if you're connected to it. And, and like I said, you know, it's, it's, well, it should be, if you're a paranormal investigator, it should be a, a part of your arsenal of, of research. Um, but it's a great place to just start, you know, like, um, like you said, you, you want to know who that spirit would be, who that is. Okay. And they're, you know, tied to this location. They, they live there and it's so cool when you can get that sort of historical validation in there. Um, now, Hey, one thing I noticed, uh, I didn't realize this year is the hundredth year of the promenade in Seaside. Right. Yes. Um, and so that was something that I just kind of stumbled across and I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Um, you know, I love those milestones. And so just as an offshoot, what else is, have I been spending my, my work on this week is the week of the ghost conference and I'm trying to get ready for this. Um, I also realized that uh, football started back up in our city, uh, Oregon City, our high school is playing football again. No one can, not a very limited amount of people can go to the games, like small, small group, um, because the football, the football team itself pretty much is at the, the limit of the number of people that can be together. Um, <laughs> and so this week, um, Oregon City, if you know Oregon City very well in, in south of Portland, Oregon City across the river is another town called West Lynn, and Oregon City and West Lynn have a huge rivalry. Um, football rivalry that goes back and it's celebrating its hundredth year, um, April 2nd. And so I've spent a week kind of commemorating the hundredth year of football game that's coming up in Oregon city. Um, 
And I think that's part of what we were just talking about. Uh, there's some people in, in Oregon City and some people are like, well, who, who cares? Um, <laughs> you know, well, I care. You know, I, I, this city should care. You know, they, they've been caring about it for 100 years. Somebody did this. You know, someone started this. Um, and here's the promenade. The promenade um, in Seaside turning 100 this year, that's a big deal. People don't understand that. But um, how yeah. many places on the coast does someone say, I'm giving this free water, you know, this free oceanfront property back to the city, you know, back to the town? And um, Alexander Gilbert, um, Alexander Gilbert, there's a Gilbert house here in Seaside that is a, a bed and breakfast today. Um, Alexander Gilbert was the mayor of Seaside. Um, he was the mayor of Seaside during the fire. And um, most of Seaside, as you know, um, burned to the ground um, in 1912. And um, Alexander, Alexander Gilbert was the mayor of Seaside in 1912. And he rebuilt part of the city. Um, and that's the Gilbert block. Um, right. And so um, the... the Gilbert Block, and that was all rebuilt right after the fire. Um, but then in the 1920s, 1920, um, is when Alexander Gilbert basically, you know, kind of was the beginnings of creating that promenade and, 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 and deeding that promenade to be. Uh... Oh, I think you froze again. <laughs> Hotel Wi-Fi. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> so, so I, I know where you're going with that. So Alexander Gilbert gave. Now, how many? How long is the promenade? I can't remember off the top of my head. I honestly don't. Know. <laughs> um. But he. So so know. he. Yeah, so he gave he gave this to the city in perpetuity, right? The this whole section along the water. Yeah, I don't I don't know all the details of how that came about, but I know who integral in, you know, creating that space and yeah. making sure that was a public pu public space. Yeah. Um, it's very similar. Um, it's very similar to like the McLaughlin Promenade in Oregon City. That wa that walkway that's a park that goes across the entire bluff of the city that um, Dr. John McLaughlin kind of created. It was you know a way to say okay, this is a public space that you know. And I think it's partly that this view is so important that everyone should be able to see it. No one should own this. No one should own this. This should be something that everyone has access to. Yeah, the great forward thinking, um, right? You know, on his part, and it's kind of you know it's kind of fun. I think people, if you're listening out on the East Coast, you're like, oh yeah, hundred years old, that's nothing. But hey, on the West Coast, that's that's something. <laughs> that's a that's a big deal here. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and so, someone I assume Kristen shared on the Facebook feed that it was two point one miles long. For the promenade so thank you <laughs> that's a good chunk of land there to give um you know the, so the oregon ghost conference uh is in the seaside convention center and they did some construction uh they were starting to uh in 2019 how did it turn out is it cool 
it's cool. And, you know, we were very much hoping to, you know, have the 2020 event in Seaside in the convention center with the convention center all done. Um, it's beautiful. I mean, it's absolutely beautiful. And then, so we thought, okay, well, at least 2021. And now we're still, <laughs> we're going to go into the building this weekend to, to sell tickets and stuff for the tours. But, um, you know, there's almost no events happening in the convention center at Seaside right now. Um, so um, it'll be exciting to come back next year. Uh, the building's beautiful. And it came, the expansion of the convention center came at a perfect time where our, our event was starting to fill the space. Starting to to a point where I thought, you know, are we going to be able to continue growing? <laughs> so um, I think it gives us um, some time to grow. Yeah, and you and you originally started the Oregon Ghost Conference um, in out in Oregon City, but then you had to move to Seaside because you outgrew Oregon City, right? Right. Um, we started the Pioneer Center, which is a little community center in Oregon City, um, and we were there um, three years. Uh, the fourth year, we moved to the old Jackson Campus High School, which is like one of the bigger buildings in the city, just because I didn't want to I didn't want to move out of the city. Um, and so we had it at the old high school there in Oregon City, and that was a cool, creepy building, um, but it didn't work well for a conference, and so. Um, I knew that I was going to have to move it. Um, if the event was going to grow, it had to, it had to leave Oregon city. So there's just not enough um, infrastructure at that time. And even now with hotels and, and um, to accommodate the amount of visitors that we were bringing. Yeah. It, and that's, and that's awesome just to, to see it grow. Uh, I was, I went to one of the conferences at the pioneer center, uh, but I missed the high school one. Is uh, was birth of my second daughter, and so her birthday is this week. <laughs> so I had missed that one, um, but it's just, it's cool to to see it grow, and that's that's something that you know I've kind of struggled with with the uh, Port Gamble Ghost right. Conference, right. you know, because we're we're limited with uh, the spaces that that we've got, and so we moved to the Point Casino, which is near Port Gamble, and that was that was really cool, but. It's kind of, you know, a balancing act because part of the fun of going to a conference at a haunted place is to do the conference in that haunted place. And so it's kind of this, you know, a little bit of a juggling act. So it's cool that you've been able to expand in, in, in a good way. Um, and I think it's even better that your tour, um, you do a couple of different routes um, for the Oregon Ghost Conference in Seaside. And... Um, I've had fun helping out doing those over the years and learning some of the seaside history. And one of the, the tours, one of the tours starts right at the convention center with, you know, some paranormal activity in one of the back, right. uh, hallways. And, um, and I, and I think I had somebody on a tour in 2019 who felt that presence, you know, kind of in that back area there that they felt someone was there kind of maybe Nate was they said it was near a drinking fountain um that was that's back there but so I mean shoot you just start off the your tour right there at the convention center and so have you had any experiences in there because you've spent a lot more time in there than anybody else uh that comes to the conference yeah 
you know, so the first year at the convention center, and, and I'll tell you, and I think you know this by, by helping out with the tours, but um, there's so much native history here in Seaside um, that, you know, when you just build a town, you know, when you just build a town on a site that was lived on, the land that was lived on for, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years, um, you have to expect that things are going to still happen. And um, I think a lo- there's a lot of burial sites and there's a lot of um, important um, archaeological sites in Seaside that the Smithsonian actually did digs multiple times in Seaside. Um, and so I think there's still questions about some of the ground that some of these buildings are built on. Um, and so we knew that the convention center, that back hallway, um, we actually took kids back there because we did a, me and um, Aaron um, Collins did a, a kids class, a paranormal kids class, which was so much fun. Um, you know, kids from like six, seven, eight, nine years old, kind of checking the building out and trying to, to tell us what they thought. Um, a lot of fun. Um, but there's a back hallway and that back hallway was kind of towards where the stage is and restrooms and there is a drinking fountain there. And it's just one of those places, Pete, where, you know, you walk in and you're just like, Ugh, some, something's <laughs> not right here. I mean, um, and, 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 you know, most people would say, oh, gosh, it just feels weird. Well, that means something. You know, that means something. And um, the interesting thing is, is they've remodeled the convention center. And so now that hallway that's there or that was where the most activity was really is now more storage. And it's not an easily accessible place anymore. So they, so um, the areas that were very active are, are not necessarily as public as they were before the renovation. And I don't think that was intentional. Um, I don't think that was intentional. It was just the layout of the building. But um, so I I don't know. Um, But, you know, throughout the whole downtown of Seaside, there are pretty, you know, still pretty active places. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've um, over by the bridge tender, um, you know, on the tours, um, I think it was 2019, last uh i think it was the last one that we were in person um i was doing the tour and we ended up next to the bridge tender the um the little row of shops there um the shop that is right right next to the bridge tender remind me the name of that one that's right next to the bridge tender it's changed its name now there was kind of a there was a vape shop in there for a while um, there was a tarot or there was a psychic reader in there for a while. Um, and now I think it's kind of, um, jewelry and, and, and things like that. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just going to say, we, I mean, just on the, we were next to the bridge tender. And so I was finishing the tour with the group and we did a little audio session with, uh, a ghost box and just to see if anything would come through and, one of the tour attendees had a personal experience. Um, we had some EMF meters and given we're outside and there's always a chance of, you know, electrical lines and stuff setting things off, but they were reading pretty much nothing. And a couple of the meters started going off and acting weird. And then one of the tour attendees had a personal experience of feeling, you know, maybe it was the, the madam at the, 
the bridge tender, uh, but it just she said she felt super cold and it, she was very emotional. And then it seemed to to leave. But I just thought, you know, that's pretty cool if you're just out on the on the street. You know, <laughs> it's not like we were in the place and we were just right. out, and, and there was some sort of personal experience there that seemed to be. Um, it was pretty impactful and intense on that person, and um, and she handled it pretty well. So yeah, I think you're right. There's there's some active stuff going on around there what's um what's kind of the place that you feel is the most active in you know in the time that you've spent doing tours there and talking with people and talking with local people um the bridge tender for sure i mean so it's it's not only the bridge tender tavern itself but all four of those little shops or the little chain of little shops that are right next to it um that whole place is 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 very very active we've had um you know uh, it's interesting. Have have you been upstairs in the bridge tender? Have you got a chance to do that? I don't know if you were. I never. Or not. I never made it up there. Um, just okay. on the just on the first floor. So the first floor of the the bar is you know very haunted and, and very active. Um, although you know sometimes as you know open active places during the day that are haunted people don't have as many stories because there's so much other things going on it's not till you close up at night that people start noticing wait a minute that that that's weird (laughs) um the upstairs you know is a place though where the bridge tender actually has a second floor there were eight or about eight apartments up there um amazing and and, um they have been just left um and there there's even no staircase to the second floor anymore uh, and the second floor hallway of the upstairs is now kind of the ductwork and, and stuff for the lower floors um and i haven't ha- i haven't done a lot of historic research myself on the bridge tender so the previous owners um, you know, had some history of the place. I don't know how much of the history is folklore and how much of it is, is factual. Um, the upstairs is laid out as apartments and kind of shared rooms and things like that. And so there was always kind of this belief that there was a, a brothel upstairs at one point in history. Now, I can say that I, you know, I won't 100% say that for sure because I don't know that. And I can't, a lot of times um, businesses like that um, or operations like that, you can't really find true documentation that that's what was happening. And even, you know, at the White Eagle Saloon in Portland, people say, oh, well, it was, you know, a brothel upstairs. Well, just because there was apartments upstairs and people had guests over that they were paying for um, doesn't necessarily mean that the place operated as a brothel. So, um, you know, it's it's hard to prove some of those stories, but over the years, those stories happen um, and and are talked about. And there's a lot of, you know, especially when you have taverns where there's a basement, you know, that you have all the tunnel stories and what was the underground because all this, all cities had an underground. So that's not a shocking thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And all, you know, a lot of these bars and taverns had apartments or rooms for rent upstairs. So you have the same themes going, um, but it's very hard to prove that, 
this is exactly what was happening because a lot of it was illegal and they're just not going to document that kind of stuff. Right. So you kind of have to go with what the, you know, you have to kind of mix the history with the folklore and it becomes its own thing. Sometimes you kind of have to separate that out. Um, And, you know, sometimes that takes years, you know, there's some places in Oregon city that I had, you know, questions about, and then it might take 10 years to find out here's the fact I actually found it. You know, I actually found an article that talks about it. But until you find that, you can't really say, you know, for sure it was this. But the story goes that the bridge tender was, you know, brothel upstairs. And um, I mean, you go up there, the walls are all painted pink and there's different apartments. And I mean, you could see that it could be that. Um, But what's so amazing about the bridge tender, um, Katie Smith, Katie and Leroy Smith were the previous owners. They were the owners of the bridge tender from the 1970s. It was was called the um, um, Pastime pastime saloon in fact the old sign from the old saloon still upstairs in the in the upstairs um and katie and Leroy found out first when we started the conference in seaside i contacted them and um they invited us me and aaron collins they invited us to come out to the bridge tender and we did a video kind of about the bridge tender and and its history and you know asked about the upstairs and asked if we were able to go up there and they let us go up there and then when we kind of asked whether or not they'd be open to letting us take people up there during the ghost conference they were so excited about it and um from the first year in Seaside um, and ongoing, every year of the Ghost Conference, they've let us do investigations upstairs. And that is the only time of year that people are allowed up there. And I would come to Seaside and I would see Katie and Katie would say, oh, Rocky, when are you guys going to do the ghost event again? When are, when are you going to be back? And I said, well, we're going to be back in March. And she said, well, people are asking to go upstairs. People are asking to go on the tour upstairs. And I said, it's your building. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, oh, no. She says, oh, no, they aren't allowed to go up there unless you're doing the tour. And it's, I said, they have to talk to you. Um, and that's the way they were. And they let us do that for multiple years. And then it got to a couple years ago um, where they decided that they were going to sell the bridge tender. Um, the new owners, um, Samantha and Derek um, of the Bridge Tender today, um, have carried on that tradition. Um, they 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 have kind of just taken um, a, a liking to the Ghost Conference, and they let us do events there. Um, I think me and um, Tim Kelly are going to go upstairs in the Bridge Tender Friday night, eleven o'clock, and do a live stream. We haven't announced this yet, but I think we're going to do kind of a live stream for people that want to explore the um, bridge tender on zoom on Friday night. So I'll post something about that. Cause we haven't figured that out, but I think we're going to go up there. Cause I think we feel like we need to do that um, on this trip to the seaside, but um, that whole place is so active. Um, and in fact, the all around us movie you know, we actually filmed in some of the areas of the bridge tender and some of those buildings um, connected to it, um, where a lot of us had some pretty, um, you know, pretty shocking experiences. There's some little kids um, that kind of roam around that building and, um, you know, follow people around. And um, it's, it's, a, it's a really cool place. It's a really cool place. Yeah, it's, it, you can 
you can just I, I've always just kind of felt something when I, the times I've been on the on the first floor. Um, I think that's so cool that you're thinking about doing a live stream up there. Uh, everybody listening out there. I mean, that's if you haven't been able to go up there or you just miss uh, coming to the conference and going up there. How cool is that? You can just watch from the comforts of your own couch <laughs> and a glass of wine and some popcorn, whatever. I think that's a really cool idea um, f- for that. And, and I'm curious. Well, I know I oh, go ahead. It's one of those things that I'm like, you know what? We're going to do this and we're going to do it on Friday. I have no idea how it's going to work yet, um, but we're going to, we're going to try it. We're gonna, <laughs> it's like, you know, hey, I just can't roll not, with it. Right. I can't not go to the bridge tender, you know, so I'm going to go up there and, and check it out. And so hopefully, you know, I don't know if it's going to be me with a cell phone and everyone's like, what the heck? He's like, it's dark and we can't see anything. Trust me. It's the bridge tender. Right? It's really amazing. Yeah. Just make sure, uh, make sure you don't have, uh, you do get some Blair witch action prod, you know, going with right. you. Oh. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> now I'm curious, have you had, um, have you had any experiences in the upstairs? I know you've, uh, you've had one that I'm going to ask you about after our top of the hour break in one of the connecting buildings there. But have you had any experiences up in the upper floor there? You know, um, yes. So, but I won't say that they're like really, um, you know, shocking. Um, So my, I'll tell you my first experience. um, The first time I ever went up upstairs, you know, the first time you go into a place, I mean, you're kind of open to the place and you kind of feel each room out. I, I do. And I'll get a gut feeling in each room. Um, and, and what's so bizarre about the upstairs um, is the only way to access the upstairs today is by a ladder. And so you take a ladder um, from the office of the bar on the lower floor and you take a ladder up through a hole in the second floor, which used to be a toilet. It used to be a restroom. Okay. So you go up through the floor of the restroom into the upstairs and um, then there's eight, there's like seven or eight rooms. There's rooms to either side of each hallway or okay. each side of the hallway. Okay. Um, and there's kind of duct work through the hallway that you kind of have to step over for the lower floor. Um, and there's at the far end of the building, which would be towards the Nakanakam River, um, there's kind of an open room that used to be kind of a living area, living a shared living area. Okay. Um, but right to go up the top of the ladder to the left, there's a little room there that was also kind of like a shared kitchen. So, okay. you know, um, I remember going up there. Um, and we get, went up there with the lights on, but then turned the lights out so people could kind of explore in, in the dark. But um, the kitchen room, I remember feeling something in that room. Um, but the first instance that I really kind of really kind of hit me was there's a room next to the kitchen. Um, you go into it, and it's all old wallpaper. The, the place is so cool because there there's like signs up there that say like you know five cent beers and it's stuff from the entire nice. history of tavern. I mean, it, and and there's a refrigerator up there from the like the 1960s or 70s that is still up there because in that no one's moved it. But I mean, there's these pieces <laughs> yeah. up there um, 
that you're just like you know. Have you seen American Pickers? You know that show where oh, they yeah. go around and they. It's like that. You're like, oh my gosh, look at this artifact that I found, and it's crazy. Um, but you walk. I, there's this one room that you walk into, um, and has the old wallpaper, and um, there's a closet. And man, I walked in there, and it just hit me in the stomach. Like I just felt sick. Um, you know, so it was really stuff like that. With certain rooms upstairs where I would get a gut feeling about, never anything. Um, I never saw anything up there or had anything more than kind of a gut feeling about certain rooms. Um, okay. Other, um, yeah, other groups had some other experiences that we can we talk about, but mostly you know EVPs and things like that. Well, yeah, let's talk about that when we come back from our top of the hour news break. Uh, we're here with Oregon Ghost Conference Director Rocky Smith. And that's some some cool stuff. And I'm going to ask you about gut feelings and stuff too a little bit later. Um, So he's and so we're going to when we come back, we're going to keep continue talking about the bridge tender in Seaside, Oregon, and some of the experiences. And I want to ask Rocky about an experience he had in that building in a different part of it. Um, All that on Let's Talk Radio WLTKDB.com. This is the Paranormal Speed Show. We're going to pay the station bills, and we'll see you on the other side. We didn't invent great sound. We perfected it. We are controlling transmission. WLTK DB. Let's talk. Alternative Talk Radio. WLTKDB.com. counts of murder. I'm Lisa Lacerra, Fox News. Those are the charges the suspect in yesterday's mass shooting at a supermarket in Boulder, Colorado, was facing as we learn more about his background. The 21-year-old suspect is Ahmed Al-Aliwi Alyssa, born in Syria, moved to the U.S. when he was three and lives with his parents, siblings, and other relatives in a Boulder suburb. His sister called him quiet and nice. His brother called him deeply disturbed, antisocial, and paranoid. And according to social media posts, the suspect did believe that his former high school had hacked into his cell phone, possibly for Islamophobic reasons. Fox's Trace Gallagher, Facebook says the suspect's social media page has been taken down. This morning, President Biden called on the Senate to take on gun legislation already passed in the House and new measures. I don't need to wait another minute, let alone an hour, to take common sense steps that will save the lives in the future and to urge my colleagues in the House and Senate to act. We can ban assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said the Senate will debate and vote on the House measures. This afternoon, the president was in Ohio where he visited a cancer research facility. The president highlighted the American Rescue Plan in his remarks, saying health care is a right, not a privilege, adding that the COVID relief bill helps businesses and individuals, but also goes to increasing subsidies for those who have health care plans in the Affordable Care Act, which was signed 11 years ago. Fox's Jessica Rosenthal, North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper has announced more COVID restrictions will be eased starting Friday. Bars and entertainment venues can open at 50% capacity indoors or outdoors with the 11 p.m. cutoff on alcohol lifted. Restaurants, breweries, and gyms will be allowed to fully reopen outdoors and at 70 75% capacity indoors. America is listening to Fox News. 
If you're a business owner, you don't need us to tell you that running a business is tough. Don't let QuickBooks and spreadsheets slow you down anymore. Now is the time to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite gives you visibility and control over your financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, and more. Join the over 24,000 companies using NetSuite right now. Schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com slash fox. netsuite.com slash fox. Forests in Miami Beach as spring breakers swarm the city. Another night of riotous parties resulted in yet even more arrests Monday night into Tuesday in Miami Beach. Mayor Dan Kilber. We've arrested an enormous number of people, which isn't great, but we have to do it because we simply can't allow things to uh, careen out of control. And that's despite a curfew for the city's dining and entertainment districts. As police chased people out, they took themselves into neighborhoods, jumping on top of cars, blasting music, and accosting residents. Could not go outside. You just were afraid to go outside. I'm super scared right now. She even heard gunshots. In Broward County, Florida, Eben Brown, Fox News. A new poll shows some parents are conflicted over whether coronavirus restrictions should keep kids home from school. 69% of parents say they're worried about their children suffering setbacks by not being in school in person. 64% though say they're worried that a return to classrooms will lead to more coronavirus infections. The poll was conducted by the University of Chicago and the Associated Press NORC Center for Public Affairs Research. It also finds that parents are somewhat less worried about their kids and about more infections than they were last summer. Four in ten Americans responding say teacher vaccinations are essential to fully reopening schools. 81% say they support government-funded summer school or tutoring for kids who might need it. Chris Foster, Fox News. Detroit Mayor Mike Duggan says the star of HGTV's Rehab Addict Rescue was apparently scammed when she bought a blighted home from someone who wasn't the owner. Nicole Curtis paid $17,000 for the home in 2017, and she says she spent 60000 on repairs and other costs so far, but the home is owned by the city's land bank authority. Curtis filed a lawsuit last week after the land bank put the home on the market. She says it would be wrong for the land bank to benefit from her investment. The mayor says that he hopes a deal can be worked out. I'm Lisa Lacerra and this is Fox News. Welcome back everybody to the Paranormal Pete Show. I'm your host Pete Orbea. Five past the second hour in the show. Thanks for listening, everybody out there. And uh, Michael White was listening and saying goodnight, all. Great show. Um, Hi, Michael. Michael. Yeah, he's a good friend to, to your conference, uh, the Oregon Ghost Conference and the Port Gamble Ghost Conference. So, um, yeah, yeah. And I've had him as a guest, and I'm going to plan on having him again on the show. So, I want to put out there again if you have any questions, um, you know, go to WLTKDB.com, that's Let's Talk Radio, and get on the chat there. And then you can also comment or ask a question um, on the Facebook page. So if you just type in Let's Talk Radio, go to the Facebook page and check it out. So before our break, we were talking about the bridge tender, and Rocky was kind of talking about, um, you know, just some of the feelings he was getting in certain places in the main portion of the bridge tender. And uh, Kristen Gray posted a link on the Facebook live stream to the Bridge Tender. So if you've never been there, um, go go to the website and check it out. Uh, it's 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 great location. I mean, it's it's literally over the water. <laughs> so it's 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 so cool. Um, 
So Rocky, you know, so you you were mentioning that you had, uh, you know, you were just getting those feelings that you tend to get when you're in a place with something going on. Um, anything else upstairs? And you'd mentioned some people had captured some EVPs up there. Yeah. So, so one of the stories <laughs> is um, with the little kids that they'll hear the little kids singing. Um, sometimes they'll hear like uh, the tune "Pop Goes the Weasel." Um, and so that's a reoccurring thing that's supposed to happen upstairs. Um, you know, people have had activity upstairs with various equipment, you know, EVPs and, and getting EVPs, but also um, just with um, K2 meters and whatever else they're, they're, they're bringing up their ghost box, you know, bringing up, I think even my name came up on ghost box once, which is, you know, <laughs> sort of weird when that happens. Um <laughs> Um, but I think, you know, which is weird, but we've had some pretty, you know, crazy experiences in the lower part of the building. And I think my most impactful um, place in the bridge tender was the back corner of the bridge tender towards the restrooms on the lower floor. Um, there's a table, okay. a round table. Um, there's a round table that kind of sits in the back by the pool table. And um, so it's right by, you know, the men's restroom by the pool table. There's a little table there. And I walked back into that corner. It just so happens to be the corner that's right up against the side of the building that you talked about or the storefront that you talked about. Um, so there's a shared energy there in both sides of the wall, essentially. And, um, I felt it right when I walk in and I walked in and I said, you know, there's something about this corner. And, and, and they definitely said that was a focal point where people playing pool will get pushed or, or shoved, or um, people will hear things in the restroom and go in the restroom and there's no one there. Um, both the men's and women's restroom have, you know, activity. Um, Vince uh, from Pacific North weird, you know, he films, he has an amazing YouTube channel films, all sorts of things. He did a, um, kind of a little documentary about the ghost conference, a little promo video of the ghost conference that's on his uh, YouTube channel, Pacific North Weird. Um, and we were filming in the, actually, I think it was the women's restroom. And we were talking, and this is in the video. Um, he's standing kind of near where the, one of the restroom stalls is and, and something grabs the back of his leg. Um, he feels like hand, a hand grabbed the back of his leg and he kind of jumps. Um, and so we kind of joked about that. So, I mean, it's, there's a lot of things that happen there. Um, the jukebox, you know, has some interesting stories about, you know, um, whether you play certain music or don't play certain music. Um, the, um, the the song by ABBA, Dancing Queen, has Queen. been removed. From, yeah, it's been removed from the jukebox um, because apparently it was offensive to the madam. Um, so the madam is a take on this idea that it, the history of it was a brothel. There's a woman spirit still in the bridge tender that they basically think you know, still kind of takes charge of the building and, and has kind of ownership of the building. And so when things don't go right or when, um, you know, bar patrons are a little, you know, um, you know, a little tipsy, um, you know, the madam will step in and, you know, spill their drink or do something, you know. So there's, you know, there's a lot of these stories that, you know, have continued over the years at the bridge tender that kind of add to the whole atmosphere of the place that are, um, is just fun. Yeah, and I just remembered 
um, from what I was telling you, the experience we had in the tour group is some of the people started singing Dancing Queen. And then the meters went off. And then that's when that personal experience happened. (laughs) Right. So, so of course, that's been, you know, kind of the running joke that since it's not in the jukebox and you're not supposed to play it, people will play it on their cell phones or they'll sing it or whatever just to see if something happens. Um, yeah, and I, I, I think it's it's kind of funny, you know, that you, you touched on uh, when people get a little out of control or, you know, uh, or they're rude to the, to the servers and the bartenders. Yeah. They're all of a sudden their drink tips over on them. Uh, you right. know, that's like look good looking out from the other side. And, and there's also the story of, um, the last, the last little store that's on the end of the building on that connected part, um, that somebody, a worker there had found out somebody close to them and passed away and she was crying and right. felt something wipe a tear off her cheek. And maybe that was the quote-unquote madam and maybe she's kind of protective in that way towards people right and you know pete i think that goes back to why you know i care so much about the history of a place and why when you go into a place you do it in a certain way you know we're respectful of the place and here you go. You have the bridge tender that, you know, yeah, they want to tell the spirit. They want to tell the stories of the spirits that are there, but they don't want to turn it into um, a circus. They don't want to turn it into, yeah. um, you know, a freak show. They they want to respect the history and tell the stories um, in a, as respectful way as possible because um, they care about the building and they care about the place. And when you have owners that care about a building so much or people, you know, like you that work for, you know, these buildings that you care about so much, or I've worked in buildings and haunted places that I've worked to try to restore that I care about so much, the spirits in that building know that. Yes. They know that you care. And you know what? They're going to treat you the way that you treat them. And so, yeah, if, you know, your friend dies and you're crying, if you've worked there and you care about that place, those spirits care about you too. Um, And those spirits are going to look out for you too, because you have done it for them. You've looked out for them. You've told their story. You've saved their place. They have a, um, you know, even though they're gone, their their story still lives. Um, And they know they know that and they know, and I think that's why, you know, this idea of, you know, going in and just stringing stuff up the heck of it um, and leaving, it's so disrespectful. Um, And yeah, you know, these people might get a quick reaction that they want, but what good does that do? Um, What good does that do for really understanding the paranormal? Because that happened, that's not going to happen again. When you go back, you know, you have more of an ability to build a relationship with a place and an understanding of it if you're accepted in that place. And if you create a respect, you know, if, if the spirits of a building are not having it one night and they're like, Hey, we don't want to deal with you here. And we don't want people coming through with cameras. We can feel it. And, and we get out 
You know, there's nights that I go into places that I feel perfectly fine and instantly the energy changes and I say to people, it's time for us to leave. And they're like, why? And I said, just trust me, it's time for us to leave. We we're, you know, we need to go. And, and, and that's because I know they don't want us there right now. And, and I think you have to be in tune to that. Um, and um, because if you don't, I, 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 I guess I just don't understand. <laughs> um, I, I, I I mean, I, okay, I, I get the idea that, yeah, we want to see things, you know, oh, is there a ghost real? You know, well, so throw something across the room, you know, because we want, I, I understand the idea of wanting something tangible that we can say, you know, wow, something's really happening. But what is, what's the expense of that? What, what, what effect does that have? And what good does it do really the whole continuation of this understanding of the paranormal? I'm not sure. Uh, ex- yeah, I th- I think you're spot on. Um, do you think, um, with your historical background, or you know, your passion for history, you know, the background in that, has that always kind of given you, um, put you at ease a little bit with paranormal stuff? Because you 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 realize, or you just feel ghosts where people wants to, and so it's just like you're you know, being around older, you know, an older generation of people. I mean, what do you think? I don't think it's ever put me at ease. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't, think, I, I don't, I mean, you know, and I'm still skeptical. I, I like the idea that I have, it seems that I have an ability to cut off what I accept. Right. So I don't see things, you know, and honestly, I don't want to. I don't know that I can handle it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the way that I, I can walk into a place, I can feel that there's someone standing there. I can't tell you who they are. Uh, I can tell you how they're feeling. I can probably tell you that it's a little kid or it's an adult. Um, but do I want to see them? No. <laughs> Why? Because if I see them, I cannot kind of write it off as, well, maybe it's just, maybe it's just nothing. Um, I, I still like the ability to kind of just detach from it and say, well, maybe it's just a feeling. Um, I can't do that if I see something because I'm, I'm an artist. I'm a visual person. And seeing something is like, how would I, how would I explain it? Um, and so I'm, I, you know, I've opened myself a little more as things happen. And um, I definitely feel things. Um, and I, I can, you know, I have other friends that come with me that can tell me the details. I can say, okay, I feel that there's someone here. Someone tell me who you think this is. And that's enough for me. I don't need to know all of the details of that um, because I'm still guarded by it. I, it still worries me. I, I don't know that I'll ever not be, and, I, and, I'll, and this is such a weird analogy, but when I was a kid, you know, you had this idea and, and, you know, um, you know, Santa Claus, you know, Santa Claus comes and visits us and, and we always believe in Santa Claus, but the idea of actually seeing him in person, I mean, we, we know he exists, right? We, we grew up knowing he exists, but I don't need to see him because the idea of seeing him is like, Oh my gosh, I'm not supposed to see him. Um, that would scare me so bad. Like, I, you know, and I remember like hearing Santa Claus on the roof when I was a kid. Right. And I was like, Oh my, my gosh, that's, it was scary. You know, because like, maybe this is really real. 
you know? Um, <laughs> and so um, I kind of talk about that with aliens. It's like this idea that I, I like the idea and I believe that there's other, you know, creatures and this world is bigger. I don't want to see an alien in real life. I don't want to do that. I, I, <laughs> I have no interest in that. Um, I can believe it, you know, or, or Bigfoot, you know? I can believe it. I, 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 you know, hear it in the woods, but seeing it, how do you, how do you unsee it? And, and how do you, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I'd ever be comfortable with it. Um, so I, I still, I still try to keep a bit of skepticism of it. Yeah. And a distance from it because it's too scary to think. It's too scary to think about it. Um, yeah, it's 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 intriguing. It's intriguing, and I want to kind of dig into it. But you want to be careful with it because like, how much <laughs> you open yourself up to it. Um, I struggle with it. Um, yeah. and, you know, both, both of us have you know psychic mediums friends, and you actually you know yourself are are, are um, a, a psychic medium, and um, you know I have my own abilities to some degree, but I question it, and and um, you know, so mm-hmm. I think it's okay to still kind of question it and keep it at a distance a little bit but, but um yeah i'll ever be at ease um, yeah I, I you know and hey you're allowed to be that way you know um i mean it sounds like well, to I me it, it, go ahead go ahead sorry it's kind of funny because I, I will give that example of the Irma Tinger house. The reason that I've got into paranormal, you know, um, the paranormal world was because of the history and because of these places. And honestly, when I walked into the Irma Tinger house the first day, I was told the place was haunted. I believed that it could be haunted. I wasn't negating that. I'd never had my own experiences. Um, and I just simplified it as this. I don't know if there's any such thing as ghosts. I still don't. But I, I will tell you this, if there are ghosts and they live in that house, then I better take care of that house. Because if I don't, they're not going to be happy. And if there are real things of, that are ghosts, I want them to like me, okay? So I'm going to take care of the house. I'm going to tell your story. I'm going to do whatever you want me to do so you don't follow me back to my house and scare me at the middle, in the middle of the night. Right. So it, it was really honestly as simple as that at first. Uh, but then you get invested to it. And then you realize that, okay, these experiences that you are having tie back to history that you know is true. And then people start telling you stories that connect. And you start thinking, this is real. You know, there's something here um, yeah. that stories are real and that there really could be the spirit of these people connected to this place. And that's where you start really questioning it and start thinking, gosh, I, I need to know more about this. Yeah. Um, but then you're like, at what point do I, I stop? <laughs> <laughs> I totally, totally agree. And yeah, it's kind of like, uh, you know, I, I love that you, you know, you touched on, you know, it, you were told the Ermitinger house, and that's in Oregon City. We'll right. talk a little bit about that, that it was haunted, and you weren't quite sure, but you still had the same approach of right. uh, of respect. And I felt that, um, you know, same thing here in Port Gamble, that, you know, I always uh, announce what I'm doing and say right. hello and, 
Um, you know, thank them if I'm doing an investigation at the Walker Ames, you know, thank them throughout the evening for letting us be in their home. And, right. and, and I feel like, um, it's, it's helped over the years and there has been some evidence gathered during investigations where people come up with audio where something is asking, where's Pete? Right. Uh, when right. I'm not, not with them. And, you know, that's kind of, or hearing my name on the ghost box, as you mentioned, you know, earlier hearing your name or, you know, yourself being referred to on a ghost box. It's, it's quite the experience. And I, I, I think you're right. You know, if we here in Port Gamble, I often tell them, you know, if you, I'll take care of you, if you help take care of me. And we just kind of always have that mentality you know, it it just seems to seems to help, and it sounds like you've noticed that. Um, you know, in kind of your home base and the places that you visit too. So I think that's really cool. It's a great, you know. I hope more and more people start taking on that approach to you know the paranormal. Just that hey, there are people once too, and I I tell people on my tours, you know, how would you talk to a stranger? Would you just go up to a stranger and be like, "Hey, what's your name? Tell me your name. Where did you what live? Are you doing here? What are you doing here?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, You're not gonna get far, <laughs> right? And, and and then when you realize that there is a connection to you, like things only happen when you're there, or you do hear your name through some other way, um, whether it's an EVP or through something, or um, other people come through the house and that are psychics and say, you know, there's a connection here that, that really, um, I, I, I was telling the story when we first went back, me and William first did our first kind of ghost tour in the Irma Tinger house after the reopening of the house. And we weren't sure how active the house was going to be. And no one had any, had any experiences since the house had been redone and opened. And we were, me and William were together and we were doing a walk through the house with a group. We hadn't gone upstairs yet. And um, we were down at the dining room of the house and we heard footsteps upstairs. And I started crying um, because I said, you know, they're here. And people didn't know people didn't know how to react to that because they heard the footsteps upstairs too. And they thought someone was up there. There was no one up there. Um, I knew they knew that we were there. Um, and that was a sign that they were like, okay, Rocky's here. Um, and I actually walked up, I left the group downstairs. I walked upstairs for about 10 minutes and had a conversation up there and, and they knew we were back. And, um, I can't explain, and you know, maybe you've had those kind of experiences. That's something you can't explain to people um, until it happens to you. Um, one night um, before the house had kind of fallen into disrepair, um, I, I would do tours frequently in the house, and I would do tours of the neighborhood and take people in the house, things like that. That was way before I started my my actual tours, um, and I had a friend 
friend that was from out of town who wanted to go along with me on the tour that night. So I said, okay, well, come with me. And, and um, I took them to the house and we went into the house and I was getting ready before I started the tour. And we walked in the side door of the house and I said, okay, um, tonight I'm going to be bringing a group of people into the house. Um, we're going to do this and this is how we're going to approach it. And this is what's going to happen. And my friend said, I know all this. And I said, I'm not talking to you um, because I was letting the house know this is what's happening tonight. This is their house. You know, you don't just say, okay, everybody, I'm bringing a tour through your house. Is it okay to come through? No, you go. That's their house. It's not my house. Um, and so, Hey, this is what my plan is doing that tonight. I get a feel for the house. I say, they say, okay, I understand that, you know, they don't say, okay, but I get a general feeling that there's, acceptance that okay they feel okay letting me letting people in and if i bring in people and the the energy of the house changes then i know okay our time is it's our time is up and we're supposed to go now um and i i think there is once you develop that relationship with the the spirits of the building and the building itself when you say things like oh i really care a lot about the the ermitinger house or um you know um I really care about the Walker Ames house. Um, people don't understand what that means. Right. You know, they think, well, yeah, everybody cares about a house. It's a, it's a cool old house. And you think, <laughs> you know, you really don't understand, you know? And so when people, when we can take people into these places and you, you know, I know the first time I went with you into the Walker Ames house and it's like, Oh, you know, now I get it. Now I get it. This this is not just an old, cool-looking house. You know, there. This is an amazing place, and you feel it. Um, and when you leave it, it stays with you. Um, there are places like Preston Castle or the Walker Ames House or the Ermatinger House that, when you go in, you know, even though you haven't left, you're going to come back. And you yeah. have to come back. Um, you have to come back because you have to keep telling their story. Um, and I think that's what our job is. I, I, I think that's really what my job is. Yeah. Do you feel like, um, you know, last on last week's uh, show, I had Karen Frazier on. And, okay. Um, and she was talking about Wellington and how much she was obsessed with it. Oh my and, God. and we had a comment. Uh, we had a comment there that uh, – from Kristen Gray that was, you know, she felt that, you know, some people are just chosen to be at a place. And it sounds like with you, you know, same sort of thing that, you know, you've kind of been chosen and, you know, it just took some time yeah, and it eventually ended up where you were supposed to be. And, you know, uh, you referenced William, our good friend, psychic medium, William Becker, when you get, when you were kind of going along, you know, in, in that early stages of going in there, was he, you know, kind of able to validate some of the stuff that you would, you, you would pick up and feel on or, 
how that works. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> in fact, you know, I I met William. It's it's surprising that I didn't meet William sooner in life. Um, William, um, his parents were teachers in Oregon City. My my family all worked with the city or the school district, um, and so I knew of their family. But I had not met William um, in my life. Um, William actually came on one of my ghost tours one night. And um, we, we kind of talked, um, we met um, a couple of weeks after that for coffee or something. And we're talking about the ghost tours. He took a real interest in the, the tours. Um, and um, that was, I think, you know, I can't remember what time period that was in the, in the restoration of the house, but I know it was before the house was, was condemned because, um, you know, he started a connection with the house as well. Um, in fact, um, we were in the house one day, um, years after we first met, um, doing, um, kind of some grant work. We were writing some grants to, um, repair the windows that were falling out of the house. And, um, and we had some technical issues and some, some ghost stories that day. Um, but I will be quite honest, and I joke with William still to this day, I'm the, the biggest critic towards my friends, especially my friends that are psychic mediums. But I will tell you, William has told me things or, or, or explained things to me that were surprising, that, that there's no way he could just come up with it. Um, and so I've tested, you know, I test people sometimes with that. And I'll give you an example. Um, I was on a school trip. I was a chaperone on a school trip and we were in Ireland and, um, we were on a bus trip and we were with choir kids and we were gonna, we're gonna stay at this hotel that was a castle in Ireland. Um, and I didn't know the name of the place. We ended up there and, um, I I decided to take a picture of the castle, but I didn't want any signage in it, you know, because I didn't sure. want to get any, I wanted to get as little hints as possible. Okay. But William, William is, is pretty amazing, uh, gifted psychic, but he also has told me several times that, you know, to do remote readings, right? Right. And, and, um, and that's one thing that I'm like, well, how does that work? You know, I, I don't get it. <laughs> so, so I said, you know, William, I'm in Ireland. I'm staying at this place. Tell me what you think, you know. And literally for two days straight, he's texting me things like, you know, um, whatever's haunting this place, it's in the basement. It's in the basement at the bottom of a bunch of stone stairs. And it's in, it's in the, you know, the, um, the, um, the um, dungeon, you know, of the, which, you know, okay, you're in a castle. I'm thinking, you know, yeah, sure. It's in the dungeon. You know, there's things that anyone could kind of come up with. And so I didn't answer him back. I, I never answered him back, but continually texts kept coming and texts kept coming. And then students on the bus were like, what is that about? I'm like, oh, well, my, I'm asking my friend if he thinks this castle's haunted and he's telling me things. And of course, then the students are like, oh, we're staying in a haunted castle. And then when they got there, they wanted to run around the place. And I'm like, no, we're going to get to the castle. Everyone's getting their rooms. You're going to sleep. You know, that's <laughs> Yeah. So they were really into it. Um, and, 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 but I didn't want to, some of the things that William was texting me 
started becoming right. Like I said, okay, I'm going to explore this castle. So I walked down these stone stairs. He described there as a newer section and an older section. Walked down these stone stairs into the dungeon, which was the name of the bar. And um, as soon as I got to the bottom of the stairs, I hit, I was hit with this energy. It was bad. And I was like, oh, this is not good. And there was a bartender kind of closing up. And he looked at me and he says, are you okay? And I said, yeah, but I said something like, what's wrong with this place <laughs> kind of thing. And then I went back upstairs. And then some other people that were relatives of another student were also in Ireland, came to visit the hotel. And they had taken a taxi to the hotel, didn't know that I was talking about the haunted hotel. This kid gets out, this, this relative gets out of the taxi, comes in and says, oh, yeah, the taxi driver was telling me this place was haunted. He was telling me some of the history some of the history or some of the things that William was texting me, right? And I thought, okay, this is weird. So I never responded back to William. One night, William sends me a text. He says, there's a a knight in shining armor that's hidden in a wall somewhere. And it's not like a a knight of shining armor that's just a a perfect statue, but it's inset in the wall. It's like really kind of hidden. And I'm like, okay. And so, you know, my students are like, oh, we have to find the mysterious, you know, hidden um, knight in shining armor. I'm like, no, we're not going to be running around the hotel, right? So I, I, off hours, I walk around. I walk all over this place. And I have searched every inch of this building. I cannot find this rep, this thing that he's talking about. He said it was damaged, like it had been not shiny, but it was like, you know, kind of worn and, and out of, you know, bent and, Sure. I, I, I'm down this dark hallway. There's like pictures on the walls with eyes cut out. I mean, it's a creepy place, you know, <laughs> and, and you're just like, you know, in this creepy guest, I walk around. What is the last corner thinking? Well, this is the last place that can't, you know, I haven't seen anything. I walk around the corner and inset into the wall is this night shining armor. Exactly the way William described it. It creeped me out. Um, and when I got back from the trip, I said, William, how did you do that? Did you take the picture that I sent you and like Google image search it and like research the place? And he said, what picture? See, I, I was out of the country. So the picture that I sent him never went through. He never saw a picture of the place I was at. He never knew the name of the place. He never knew the name of the city. Um, nothing. Um, and it was times like that where, William has shown me and other friends of mine that are psychics have shown me things that I'm like, okay, there's something there um, that, yeah. that I can't question that. Um, yeah. So, you know, yeah, I think and, and William's picked up on things in the Ermitanger house that I haven't. In fact, William said he was in the Ermitanger house the other day and felt that there was an, another spirit there that he hadn't felt before in that, in that place. So, um, Interesting. Yeah, I think you do have to listen to those psychic mediums that are your friends and, and that are not, but I think you have to weigh that back and forth. They're, you know, you know, you're not on all the time. You'll get little bits of pieces of information and what, what you see as a psychic may be symbolic of something, or it may be a hint to right. something. It, 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 yep. it can't always be taken, can't always be taken literally. So um, I, I'm intrigued by that a lot yeah that that's that's a, a great experience and and it's cool that you can keep that kind of skepticism um 
you know, when you're when you're looking at stuff like as you're going through the castle, you're even still kind of like, yeah, okay, that I don't, you know, I don't see that. I haven't experienced that. You know, that's it's 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 interesting and it's good to have that skepticism. But uh, remote viewing is is really interesting. Um, it's it's an interesting thing. And now, over the whole past year, uh, you know, we've all gone virtual. <laughs> with everything and so now it's just kind of uh it's the thing to to do and i wish i could explain how all that works but i'm not entirely sure you know um but just having the having a connection i think in in that case in the castle in ireland it's almost like because william had a connection with you he's able to kind of almost feel where you're at and you know and and see from where you're at and so you know again i don't know how to quite explain it all and you know i don't know i don't know that i want william to know and see and feel where i'm going all the time i don't honestly that you know so i think you know the skepticism is like a personal protection it's like as long as i'm skeptic i can say you know uh it's all baloney i I don't it's um, I have to keep that space there to yeah. believe that okay, maybe it's all just coincidence. Sure, um, but I'll sure. Yeah, well, you know, I don't believe in coincidences because I really, I really don't. I, I mean, there's been so many times that I've, you know, people write off, well, it's a coincidence, and they realize, I don't know. I, I think that there's a reason these things happen, and I think yeah. what you were saying is so perfect are we chosen for these places? I mean, you know, you didn't get into your job at Port Gamble thinking that you were going to be a paranormal investigator or doing ghost tours. I mean, that wasn't (laughs) you, that that's not what you signed up for. Um, But it has become a passion. It's become something that you care about. Um, It just happens. Um, And I think, yeah, the place knows that, um, Gosh, it's weird to even say that, but I do believe it to some degree that it's almost like the place knows they have to, you know, keep their own story or legend going. It's like, who is, who's the sucker that's going to help them do this? (laughs) Yeah. It might be just like that too. Well, I mean, we're not, you know, we're not making a bunch of money doing this, you know, we're not, we're not like, you know, um, so it, it's like, you know, what are we doing this for? You know, the yeah. telling the story of some people we don't ever, we've never even met before. I don't even know. Yeah. Well, and even, you know, bigger picture, it's how many coincidences, coincidences right. become not coincidental. Right. You know, especially in one location, you know, right. at what point, I mean, how do you quantify that? At what point does it go from, a coincidence to that's too many, you know, how many is too many, you know, and it's different for every people I'm guessing. Um, but yeah. It, and I, I, I totally am with you on that. You know, we're chosen to do these sort of things and, and uh, a previous guests on the show, Linda Myers, uh, Mary Bethune, Karen Fraser, they've all talked about in different ways, the universal two by four, <laughs> that hits you in the head <laughs> and right. kind of puts you puts you over over the hump when you're figuring out oh this is this is something I'm supposed to be doing right um and 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 you know as far as doing tours and stuff 
um, I don't get to talk to a lot of other tour guides that often. So it's, it's, it's kind of cool, but you know, how has your, over the years and your, your passion for the, for everything and, you know, the different experiences you have, how have you felt that your tours, I mean, have they changed a lot over the years and how you talk about things and, you know, how to, how to share Has the spirits in these places kind of shaped how you talk about things? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I think I'm, you know, more and more careful, um, how I talk about places or how I'm respectful of the places I tend to any new place or any new story I tend to visit first and, and take that kind of a feel for that. Um, but I will say this, um, you know, I never intended, I never believed that what I would be doing was ghost tours. I mean, I, that's not, that's just something that all these things happened. And, and um, I used to go on ghost tours a lot on different vacations and trips and I won't give the name of the tour, but I was, I was on a vacation and I went on a tour, a ghost tour. And I was so intrigued by it. I thought this is the coolest thing. Um, but it was, it was a big city and it was, you know, kind of a two hour, I think it was a one and a half, two hour tour. And we ended up going to like five locations in a, you know, a good distance, you know, when you do a walk you have a 10 20 block radius and that's about it so you know unless you can find a whole lot of really exciting stories it's not easy to do a ghost tour if you have you know a city where there's five haunted places and they're all a mile apart so (laughs) you know in order to do a tour you have to figure that out and um this tour oh did you lose me no no you're good so on this tour that I went on, we went to like five different locations and I thought, you know what, I can walk five blocks in Oregon city and I could have 10 stories. Like uh, there's so many stories and, um, but I love the tour and I thought I could do this in, in my city because I know so much. And so that's kind of what started it. Um, and then I went back to that same tour that I loved years later and I went back to it. It was still a good tour, but it was the same tour, word for word, location for location. And I thought, if this place is really haunted, and all these places are haunted, and this guide has a connection to those places, then right. why is the tour? Um, I've had people that have been on my tour 10, 20 times. Um, I've had people that have taken my same tour. I have four different tours in Oregon city. People that have taken all still come on a tour. It's different or the story's different or there's an add on to the story um, or there's new history. Um, if a place is active and a place has that amazing history and the guide is attached to it um, and cares about it, that tour is going to be new every time you go on it. Um, yeah. And if it's not, then you know, they're just reading from a script and, yep. you know, that's okay. If that's, what you're, if that's what you're looking for. But if you really want to understand a place, you need to get someone that's invested into that town and knows the history and really gets into it. Yeah, exactly. And, and I have a perfect example. Um, so I did, I held a special investigation um, over this past weekend uh, as, as one of my events. And before, 
uh, before it started, there was uh, a couple people inside, and and then a couple people were still outside getting ready to come in. And we hear um, a little girl laugh upstairs in the Walker Ames house. And, you know, that's just, that's something else to add, you know? And it was, I I don't know if the other people heard it as clearly as I did. I, I think they heard something, but it was like a definite sound of laughter coming from upstairs. And, and so, it, yeah, you got to keep, you know... It's a, it's almost like a living history sort of thing, but you're, it's a living telling of the history and the activity changes, and it's it's always good to to keep moving with that. And as the stories change or our experiences, new experiences, that that's really cool. And in Oregon City is the oldest city in the Oregon Territory, right? That was the first one. Yeah. So you have to get the you know technicalities. Um, <laughs> the oldest incorporated city. So the oldest incorporated city. So a lot of people say, well, isn't Astoria predate Oregon City? Yes, it it did, but it was not an incorporated city. Um, okay. So that's that's the technicality. But yeah, 1844, um, Oregon City became a city, um, which is clearly um, sometime before the state of Oregon existed. So yes. Um, <laughs> um, you know, maybe there's some reason that the state was named Oregon. I don't know. They're, you know, after this city. Um, so, you know, I, I think that, um, yeah, on the West Coast, that's a new history. But um, Oregon City, and I, I tell this a lot. I grew up in Oregon City. You know, sometimes when you grow up in a town, you don't appreciate it. You don't understand yeah. it. And once I started understanding the importance, because Oregon City is – you know, a population of about 36,000, it's growing, um, but it's not a huge town. Um, and it might be over 40,000 now. Gosh, I should know that. Um, it's growing, but um, it's, it's still it's still a small town. And um, you have, um, you know, um, it has some mill history, you know, so it has kind of this Oregon Trail, the Oregon Trail history. Yeah. And, um you know, I started learning the history of the city and I always kind of knew it was the end of the Oregon Trail, but what does that mean? And then you realize, okay, this predated the state. It was the capital of the Oregon Territory. So that means that, you know, if you go up to Victoria, BC, they talk about Oregon City because that was, you know, you had the Hudson Bay Company. The Hudson Bay Company was trying to take over this whole area. So Vancouver, Washington, Portland, San Francisco, Seattle, these cities wouldn't exist without Oregon City's prehistory. And and, um, when you realize that a little city had that much impact on the entire western part of what is now the United States, that is unbelievable to me because you can go to Port Gamble, you could go anywhere and there's a connection to Oregon city, which just is unbelievable to me um, that, that a little town like that could have such a ripple effect on, on, on just the whole history. And what has been, what has served me well is by knowing Oregon city's history. I feel like I know all of Oregon's history and all of Washington's history to most part, because you're talking about the same people. And so I was worried when we moved the ghost conference to Seaside, I'm like, am I going to know Seaside's history? And then I started looking into the Native American history. And then I was like, oh, Ben Holiday built his Seaside house here. Ben Holiday built the railroads from Oregon City to Portland, from, from, from you know, Portland to Seaside. And, right. And, you know, 
was the same people from Portland coming to Seaside for vacations on, on their, you know, summer breaks and stuff. So, you know, and then you go to the White Eagle or you go to these other haunted places and there's all these direct people that are intertwined in the same history. Um, and I think that's what made me just want to want to keep going and visiting all these places because it is all intertwined. Yeah. The, the, you know, it's a small world after all it kind of comes to mind, you know, and it's kind of funny to think, you know, uh, Port Gamble's nine years younger than Oregon city, which in the grand scheme of things, isn't, you know, isn't, uh, that long of a time. So, um, our history here starts in 1853, um, with the with the sawmill, and I don't know what it is with mills and towns. There was haunted though, um, <laughs> you know. Right. What What do you think um, makes Oregon City? You know, the amount of reports of activity and the locations, and um, you know, and when I went on your tour during the Oregon Ghost Conference, I had some really strong energy experiences and it was you know in part because i was having a psychic awakening (laughs) during that time and so everything was really intense but it seemed like you know um the tunnel you know that you walk up through and then you go up by the train tracks that area like that whole time i was like holy s oh my gosh, you know, there's some crazy energy going on here. And I was, you know, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know what was what at that point because I was having this awakening experience. But it seemed like everywhere we went, my, I was just like, my body was like, whoa, you're freaking out in the inside because there's all sorts of stuff going on. So, you know, what? why do you think it's so haunted there? So I, I think Oregon City kind of checks the boxes of all these places. You know, we, we talk about... In the paranormal world, there's a lot of uh, belief that energy is connected to the paranormal activity. Now, that means that some of the energy that's happening could cause us to feel something, and it may not be paranormal activity. But um, So you kind of have to sift through all that. But you take the, the, the really tragic Native history that took place in Oregon City um, and all over this whole region. Um, yeah. You take the pioneer hardship story. You take um, a small town that's confined in building its place between a river and a cliff. You have two <laughs> rivers that intertwine. You have a giant, the second largest waterfall in the United States next to it. You have another creek and waterfall coming down. You have a railroad uh, tracks running right through the center that creates energy. I mean, this place is surrounded by energy. And it, it's the combination of being in this small confined place um, in the lower downtown um, that has so much energy. Um, and then you add to it the history of the place, the the tragedies that have taken place there, mm-hmm. the movement of buildings, the building over top of things, digging up graves and moving them. I mean, you name it, it's happened there. And 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 I think it's it's it it checks every box of what are the things that lead to paranormal activity or to a place where energy and paranormal activity is high. And you know all of those things, geology and, and, and water right. and, and, and all of that come into play. I, I, I think it's a combination of that. I, 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 
I think there's more to it because there are certain places in our town, in Oregon City, that you go to and you think there, there's just something not right here. Um, and I don't know what it is. Um, and so that's really kind of, you know, what is, what is the history that can tell us or shed light onto why we're feeling this in this place? And that's really what kind of has interested me all this time. Yeah, and, and everything you just described there, uh, the, the boxes that are being checked, it's, it was normal. That's like normal operations, um, you know, in any town. Right. And so kind of makes you, you know, you have to right. step back and think, well, you know, it might be everywhere. It's, you know, it is everywhere. It's just some places we feel it and we notice it more. And people, right. you know, like us are, are drawn to those certain things and maybe, you know, and then even chosen to pass that on. So it's, it's, it's interesting how it's all connected. We had some comments going on. Um, Kristen said, you know, the feelings in that tunnel that I referenced were, you know, so, very intense and, and it was. Um, and then uh, Pauline, thanks for commenting, saying that just even walking the bluff, you know, there's stuff going on up there trains yeah you reference trains and, and the water and all that stuff can contribute to it and it's maybe just some places has that x factor that we tend to notice it more than other places um so it's i like your take on things and, and i really feel like uh i i understand you wanting to have that detachment <laughs> and the ability to yeah, right uh, but, you know, it sounds like, you know, I feel like you're, I mean, you're obviously very empathic and, right. and, and, you know, yeah, you always want to go with your comfort level. And so it, it's really not, it's cool that you should feel lucky that you have the ability to just kind of cut it off and, you know, detach from that. But, you know, it sounds like you're, you're at least listening to your intuition, which um, you know, for this kind of stuff is, is really good to have and use. Well, I think I need to find some more people. And, and, you know, clearly when I do the ghost conference, there are all these people around, but I am so busy working on stuff. I don't take the, I don't do a lot of the classes or events I try yeah. to. Um, and some of my closest friends are psychic mediums. And honestly, I could do some work. I've done work with William, but when you're so close friends with somebody, I can't take it seriously, you know, cause I just want to, I just want to joke about it or have fun. And, <laughs> and you can't do that, you know? And I feel like I need to find somebody that can help me. And maybe that's part of my, you know, kind of distance that I keep, but um, I know that I have some abilities that I've, that I've started to open up yeah. to. I, I can feel things and I can, I know when people, when spirits are around me, I know that. Um, yeah. And I, so I have some abilities. I'm not willing to say that I'm a psychic medium yet. I'm not willing to say that, but I, but I do, I'm a very much an empath and I, I definitely know that um, yeah. I'm opening myself up more and more every time I do a tour that, I, I, I need to fine tune my, my skills a little bit more before I can really um, take it all in. But yeah, no. And, and it's probably all happening how it's supposed to. And, you know, if you're ever ready, you know, to kind of open up more, kind of take that next step, it'll be the right time when it happens. You know, you, you've been, you know, 
to me, you've been following the signs over the years. And so you just have to kind of keep doing that. And if you're listening out there and you've had some of the same thoughts that Rocky was just talking about, you know, and working with somebody else or, you know, how much do you want to do or how much can you trust somebody if you really know them, you know, um, you know, we're getting close to the end here of the show and a conference is a great place to meet those kind of people. And, you know, maybe you'll find your way to a conference someday. And certainly I hope, you know, for the Oregon ghost conference this week for ghost week, that you'll everybody listening out there, you'll take advantage of some of these free zoom events and kind of, you know, maybe you'll make a connection and, and you'll, you'll meet the right person that can help you on your own journey. So I know that conferences are just such uh, a benefit to, you know, people meeting other people with shared experiences and stuff. And that's part of why I love the conferences. I imagine the same for you too. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think what happened, I, I'd get your take on this at some point in the future, but I was talking to Nicole, when you plan an event, when you start, you're like, Oh, I'm, I'm planning an event. And these are the things that are going to happen. And it's you, you're into every detail of every single event and how the tickets are going to go and how this and you don't really think about how does this affect people? And then later on, you realize that, I mean, I've heard you tell stories about this happened to me at the ghost conference or, or I met this person at the ghost conference and I've had experiences in Port Gamble that I, I you know, I um, have changed things for me. Um, and when those, when you hear those stories, people that just say, well, you know, I put together this event we don't really realize the impact that it has on people. Um, and yeah. when it, it, does it hit you? I mean, sometimes it hits me and I'm like, I never even knew that. I never even knew how much it meant to people. Um, yeah. It kind of reminded me of, um, you know, another event that I did in the past where the kids would get a participation ribbon and one year they didn't get the ribbon. And they're like, I've been collecting those ribbons for every year since I've been born. And you're like, <laughs> So that was important and it was it was important you know um, totally totally agree with you rocky i mean and we can never really know the full extent or the the benefit that you know the ripple effect in in someone's life and right. but what we do this you know it it you know i love helping people and i know you do too and that's part of why why we do this so um, gosh, I, we need more time. I'll have to have you on again. Yeah. So I want to talk more history stuff, but, uh, we've got, or yeah, thanks. Oregon ghost conference director, Rocky Smith right now, this whole week is ghost week for the Oregon ghost conference, pulling off an awesome virtual event with some in-person activities like outside tours that take place in seaside Thursday through Saturday this week. Go to OregonGhostConference.com and check out the schedule and be sure to follow them on Facebook. And I look forward to seeing how the rest of the week goes, and I look forward to being in person next year. Um, but thanks again. I, I, I'll i be announcing my next week's guest soon. Um, and But I'll be on next week, 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. 
And Holly says, good show. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening. Um, I'll be back next Tuesday, 8 p.m. Pacific time, right here on WLTKDB.com. Let's talk radio. My name's Peter Orbea of the Paranormal Pete Show, and I leave every show with a toast. The past is history, but the future's a mystery. And today is a gift because it's the present. Don't forget to be in the present. Check out the Oregon Ghost Conference, and we'll see you all next week. Have a great week, and good luck, Rocky. Have a great rest of the week.